Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey everybody, welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Tyler Smith. And before we get to Tyler, here's a few announcements. First and foremost, our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can go there and see photos of our guests. You can see links to their social media. You can see stories that some of the guests have written. You can see stories that I've written. You can see links to our social media. And that is, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page and... There's links to Stitcher Radio and iTunes, where you can subscribe for free. Also, we're on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us there. And please subscribe, folks. It costs you nothing. And all I ever ask is that you leave a good review at some of those places, because that boosts our presence even more and helps more people find the show. And that would be a cool thing for you to do. So I would appreciate it if you did that. If you want to write me, you can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, well, uh, I am recording this during the uh, coronavirus lockdown in uh, Los Angeles. And uh, this episode was recorded way back on April 10th. It's another Zoom interview, which, uh, you know, if you're going to record during a pandemic, you're going to have to do it digitally. No face-to-face meeting on this one. But luckily, I was talking to a fellow podcaster with a good microphone, so that helps a lot. And Tyler is one of the hosts and creators of the Battleship Pretension movie podcast that uh, I've been lucky enough to been on a couple times. It's been fun to do. Just go over there and just talk about movies. And I always have a blast doing it. Tyler was an early guest on this show way, way back, and he reached out to me. He's the first one to admit that he hasn't traveled a ton in his life. But since we last talked, uh, he's uh, traveled quite a bit. We discussed his recent trips to uh, Scotland, to New Zealand, to Switzerland. And I always like hearing from people who see things for the first time and get their reactions of what they thought it was going to be and how it uh, it was different from what they thought it was going to be. Or maybe it was the same. But uh, it's always nice to get a first-timer's reaction to any place. Tyler has recently made a movie called Real Redemption, The Rise of Christian Cinema. And I actually did a little voiceover for it. So if you watch it, look for me. It's a documentary. And we'll talk more about that during the conversation. But if you want to geek out on all types of movies, go and check out his podcast, Battleship Pretension. It's everywhere you get your podcasts. You can also go to battleshippretension.com and get all the info there. Well, okay, let's get right to it. Please welcome back to the Travel Tales podcast, Tyler Smith. Well, since you, you had contacted me about uh, that you had been some places, and you're not known to be... When did you do the show? I didn't even look it up. It was probably it was a, a long years time ago. ago. Yeah. And at that time, you hadn't been to a, a ton of places. I had been to Columbia, and I'd been on a couple of mission trips. I, I've been right. to many more places. Was New now. Zealand one of them? Uh, I have been to New Zealand. I've been to Scotland, several countries in Asia. Right. And uh, so, yeah. So, I'm doing all right. Okay, so what was the what was the recent trips and how, for how long? So the most recent trip was in the fall, and it was Scotland. Okay. Um, so what we decided to do is, um, oh, and the Switzerland's in there as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> so actually, I'll I'll go back. Uh, so my, my wife, Jen is a, is a wedding photographer and she was working with a planner because she was like, how can I parlay this into travel? Cause travel is very important to her. It's less important to me, but of course, now that I've done it, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's, it can be stressful as you, as you know, especially for someone like myself who has a limited comfort zone and limited palate. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, yeah, so she actually, uh, in 2012, um, got uh, a couple of weddings in New Zealand. So we went there for, for uh, two weeks. And that was 
a great deal of fun. You know, you, 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 I assume you've been there. I assume you've yeah. been to every place I've what, been to. <laughs> what, uh, what island were you in Auckland or are you in the South Island? Uh, we, we moved around. So Auckland and Wellington, we didn't get to go to Milford sound, which is oh, a bummer. Cause yeah. I heard it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Ugh. It's beautiful. Um, but we went to like, uh, Queenstown and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, uh, took a helicopter up to the top of a mountain, which was fun. We, of course, went to Hobbiton. Yeah, I was going to say, as a <laughs> film nerd, I'm sure you probably went to... See, I've never been there. See, I've never been to the North Island. I've only been through oh, the okay. Auckland Airport, so I don't count that. I've only been to the South <laughs> Island. So, Hobbiton, explain that to me now. Is So, was the actual movie set, or did they build something to resemble it? It's the actual thing. Okay. And, and what's interesting, it. so they built Hobbiton on a sheep farm, uh, for Lord of the Rings. And then it didn't, and then they just basically took it down, but it was never completely down. It was just, it was stuff like, you know, those big circular doors, like, yeah, those were gone. And it was just like a frame and it was just like the, the remnants of a movie set essentially. But, uh, the guy who owned the land still allowed tours to come through and all that. Well, then it came time for the Hobbit movies and they're like, well, Hobbiton is a, is a part of it. So can we just build here again? He goes, yes, you can. Here's the thing. If you build here again, you are, you're not taking anything down. You are leaving everything up because I'm, I got to get as much money out of these tours as I can. And sure enough, they, uh, the company did that. And so by the time we went there, if we had gone a, like a year before, it just would have been a bunch of doorways and hills and stuff, but you go there and it's like, I mean, it's everything is there. Like, a, you know, a character's rake is sitting there in his little front yard area and such. Um, and uh, it was it was pretty amazing. I, I'm a big fan of Lord of the Rings. I do not care for the Hobbit films, but I really like Lord of the Rings. And it's rare. There are plenty of like movie lo- shooting locations you can go to in general, uh, not just for Lord, but for any movie. But because everything was still intact, it literally is like you just stepped into this this movie and so that was that was pretty amazing i loved it i always felt Um, like lord of the rings was something that they had to cut out a lot to squeeze into three movies whereas the hobbit they had to pad a lot just to make three movies they made three movies right of the hobbit oh yeah yeah that was Um, two movies tops maybe could have done it in one long one one long one i think (laughs) somebody somebody did a thing after the third movie was released where they they edited all the movies together and then removed everything that's like not in the original book. And it wound up being about three and a half hours. And, yeah. uh, and I watched it and I was like, this is a pretty good movie. <laughs> yeah. This one so movie wait, is pretty solid. Is it just the doorways? Cause I would figure the interiors were shot on a soundstage. I would assume. The, yes. It's just the doorways. It's just the, the exterior. Okay. Um, and then also in Hobbiton, uh, is like this really nice, this nice like stone bridge. And then a, a, like the their tavern called the Green Dragon, and at the time that I went, you actually aren't allowed to walk up there, and you're not allowed to go inside. Uh, and then people who've gone on, since then have told me, like, "Oh no, they allowed us inside." I was like, "Oh, son of a bitch," because that would have been <laughs> awesome. But uh, cool. but yeah, no, it was a. I really New Zealand is a really beautiful place. I mean, the minute you go there, you're like, "Yeah, of course, a fantasy film was shot here." Yeah, how could it not be? It's one of the most physically and naturally beautiful places I've, yeah. I've been yeah. anywhere. And when I went to Alaska the first time, I said, oh, this kind of looks like uh, New Zealand. I mean, they're kind of similar in the mm-hmm. way, you know, the mountains reaching the sea, there's glaciers, yeah. there's, it's, it's magical. Yeah. And the, and we, we also went like a, on a Lord of the Rings tour. I don't mean to give the impression that I'm a huge Lord of the Rings yeah. fan. So I do you, like that. Were you wearing your robe uh, during this? I, I wore your, my ears and my hairy ear, feet. Yeah. And sure. yeah. Um, but uh, we went on like a tour and of like shooting locations. That one was less magical where it was like, Hey, this is where they shot Helm's deep. And it's like just a quarry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh yeah, I guess CGI really filled in a lot here. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're going to show you a green screen. Yeah. Did they, did you go to, now Peter Jackson Studios are in, is it Wellington or Auckland? I believe, well, I think it's Wellington. Is it um, Weta? Weta? Weta, Weta yeah. Weta? Yeah. Um, I think there's a, there was an option to go on a tour uh, of Weta and I think we like missed our opportunity or the, or like all the slots were filled. I don't remember exactly. That's the other thing is like, because it was a, for Jen, it was a work trip we still like, we didn't get a really a chance to do everything we wanted to. Like I said, we missed Milford sound, 
but we still got to see it and it was a, a pretty amazing, amazing place. And then what, what were you expecting when you got there and what did it, was it pretty much what you expected or different in some way? It was, you know, it's interesting. Um, I think I expected, you know, the, the natural beauty of the place, uh, you sort of expect that to extend to like architecture and it doesn't, no, it's no. all just very modern architecture. And like you go into, into Wellington or Auckland and it's just like, yeah, it's just like, and it could be any other American city aside yeah. from, uh, uh, you know, driving on the other side of the road, which was, which proved to be a problem <laughs> once. Did you rent a car? Uh, we did. Yes. Oh, okay. Were you shifting? And, Were you shifting with your left hand? No, oh my, uh, Jen, Jen did the driving because she's a more aggressive driver than I ah, am. <laughs> sure. So a little bit better, better able to adapt and, uh, to things like that. And so I think she just got, uh, got an automatic because I think it'd just be too much to, to do. Yeah. They have those like for Americans there. Damn right. They do. The, um, the, the downside, you know, I felt about going to New Zealand and Australia in a bit is the fact, like you were saying, it's like any, it, it's too much like America in the way that any history older than a couple hundred years has been, was Aborigine yeah. or Maori and it's been wiped out pretty yeah. much. So there's nothing real, there's not like old castles you see in Europe or something like that. Yeah. Everything's only, you know, everything's just kind of modern. So it's, that yeah. kind of stuff you don't see. So everything, the architecture thing, they're really known for anything other than like the Sydney Opera House. You know, you're yeah, not really going to see, you see some like in downtown Sydney and Melbourne, there's some old like cobblestone street areas and things like yeah. that that go back to maybe the early 1800s. And that's about as old as you're going to get. Yeah, it's, and we went to, we went to Rotorua. And so like we saw like oh, this okay. Maori show but it was a show, you know, sure, and, yeah. and granted it was, it's, it was all by, it was authentic and all that, but I was still very aware that, uh, that it was a show I was watching. Oh, of um, course. One of the couples that Jen, uh, photographed there, uh, when we said, oh, we're going to Rotorua, they're like, oh, we call it Roto Vegas, uh, because <laughs> that's, it's just like this tourist spot and it's like, oh, well, I guess we're tourists. So it's Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Do you, but- do you find yourself when you travel, uh, do you find yourself naturally averse to going to kind of the standard tourist areas? Do you want to try and pave your own way or you're just like, I'm just going to see everything the place has to offer? No, I, um, you know, it depends if you're going like an immediate trip, they'll try to take you to a lot of the, you know, the sure. big tourist spots and stuff like that. And a lot of them, there's a reason they are the big tourist spots because there's something to see there, mm-hmm. but little things like, yeah, you're going to see a traditional, uh, dance show and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I mean, those are tough sometimes to sit through. And, yeah. and like, I know if I, if I, if I know that a lot of the money is going to the actual, whether it could be like an Indian reservation here yeah. or something, if, if they are benefiting from it, you know, you, you, or whether I know they got to sell their crafts, but yeah, I'm not a shopper anyway. And, and yeah, I, those, those things are kind of tough for me and they can be, yeah, overrun with, with tourists. I like to get away from, from the big crowds just as by nature. So yeah, if I can avoid them, but some things you just have to see, you know, you're not going to go to Cambodia and not see Angkor Wat if yeah. you're in Cambodia. And is it crowded? Yes. There's going to be a million people there, but yeah. or the Taj Mahal, you got to see it though. Yeah. Do I need to go back? No. You know, you, you need to see it once basically. Yeah. Um, nature I could see over and over again. Though. Sure. Yeah. It's, and it's weird. Like I, I don't, uh, I also discovered over the last few years the type of traveler I am, uh, and thankfully it's the same type of traveler as my wife. Yeah, because um, we've traveled with other people and uh, like with friends, and we love them to death, and we all got along fine. But we discovered that they are different travelers than we are. It, it uh, really Jen, separates people. It's a good test of any relationship. Yeah, I mean, Jen, like being a photographer, like she does like to like really try to capture uh, what a place looks like and all of that. And, uh, my version of that is I tend to, if I'm in a place, I like to just kind of sit and just absorb the atmosphere as much as I can. Take Um, it all in. Yeah. Like to me, that's, those tends to be the moments that I cite as like my favorite moments is when I, when we found a place we really liked and just sat for a while, like Jen would take her photos and all that, but then we could just sit and just really enjoy it. And so and certainly uh, New Zealand is just a very cinematic place. So like there are a lot of opportunities to just sit and be like, I can't believe this place exists. Yeah. Um, 
the year later, uh, a year later, uh, she shot a wedding in Switzerland. So we went to Switzerland. Again, natural beauty, like you've, like, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and in this case, you know, the, the old, uh, the Altstadt or whatever uh, it's called, like in very, because we went to Zurich and Lucerne and like, so, you know, the old town is it, certainly there's, there are more mod- modern parts of the city, but then like you walk into sort of, it tends to congregate around the river or something like that. And you're just like, uh, th- like one of the most, one of the best moments of my life was in uh, Lucerne in which we got off the train and we were in a very modern part of the city. And I was like, Oh, I was hoping this would look neat. Uh, and it does like a snow just, globe. Ex- <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so, but then we started making our way to our hotel and that's when we emerged almost as if from a deep, thick wood, uh, <laughs> we emerge onto like the open uh, the open river and like the riverfront and the, the buildings are older and the bridges are older. And it's just, and in that moment it's like, ah, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. This, this is what I think of when I think right. of Europe. So yeah. The, uh, what time of year were you there? Uh, gosh, I think around August actually. Okay. So it was summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Switzerland's a weird Play. I mean, physically, um, again, beautiful, but yeah. um, but the country is really the people. It's almost like I have some friends there, and it's funny. There, there's the German speaking part, and then the French speaking part, mm-hmm. and it might as well be two two completely different countries. I mean, they don't yeah. even like. There's no. I guess there's no national. There's like not a president yeah. or anything. It's just like your regional uh, politics are much more on people's minds than national politics. Nobody cares. And, uh, yeah. And so like the two, they might as well be living in two different places. It's really weird. And there's no, like, when you think of a Swiss person, you don't think of any kind of, there's no like culture, like really right. heavy duty other than like money and banking and <laughs> yeah. cheese and clocks and chocolate, you know, general kind of neutrality. Yeah. And, um, and so there's not like when you, Oh, that guy just acts like a total Swiss person. No, you never, there's no kind of culture, you know, heavy duty. Yeah strong Swiss culture. I found well, and, and I could be wrong even, and I'm going to get letters from the Swiss people, but I, they know I, what I'm talking about. I had, I had dinner with a, a listener who is part of the slightly lesser known Italian part of the country. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the Alps. Um, yeah. Yeah. And oh, there's like 10 different languages going on in that country or something. And he himself said that like he said, and he is, is Italian in the same way that like a, a, an Italian American is Italian. And he just said that like, you know, if he's in the French part of the country or something like that, that people will refer to him as Italian. He's like, no, I'm Swiss. I, I'm, I'm a Swiss uh, citizen. Yeah. Um, and so it is a very interesting, uh, it's a very interesting place. Um, Expensive. Yeah. Are you realizing the, uh, the banks are winning. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you realize, oh, yeah. somebody's doing okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's pricey. It, it it certainly was. Uh, you know, we always try to save a fair amount of money before we go in, and uh, you know, with with uh, New Zealand, we had some money left over. Uh, not the case in no. Switzerland. <laughs> we did. No. We broke even there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, the castles alone were amazing oh, to yeah. to walk around in. Uh, and then to me, maybe my favorite part of that trip was we, we did kind of a tourist thing. We just sort of felt like not explore. There was one leg where we didn't really want to explore. And so we just booked like a, a chocolate and cheese tour thing and we went to Gruyere. And so we did a tour of a cheese factory and then a tour of a chocolate factory. And then Gruyere itself is just this beautiful little town with a castle up top. I mean, it's very fairy tale esque and what we discovered, cause we had about an hour and a half to just kind of walk around, get lunch, whatever. And that's when I discovered that there is in Gruyere an HR Giger museum and HR Giger is, was a, he passed away somewhat recently. Um, he was an artist. He's the one that designed the alien uh, oh, okay. from Alien, uh, along with the face hugger and various other things. And uh, he was just a demented little psychopath. And so this uh, is not the the Ge- Geiger counter guy. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, I believe it's spelled the same, Giger, but no, it's it's H R Giger, Hans Rudi okay. Giger. And uh, so you know you've seen the Alien movies, and you sure. know that those that like his imagery is 
demented, but also very overtly sexual. And so <laughs> I went into, we went into the museum and they're like, no photography allowed. I was like, oh man, that's this yeah. is a bummer because, you know, you're walking around and you see like, oh, here's another sculpture made of bones. Okay, let's just keep moving. Uh, and then you turn the corner and there's an entire room. There's nothing in the room except a, a full seven foot tall alien. Oh, wow. Just right there behind glass in the middle of the room. And you walk up and you're just standing there. And, you know, in that moment, the logic part of my brain doesn't kick in because logically I recognize that this is just a costume that's sitting there and it's not going to break this glass and kill me. <laughs> However, uh, it's like, I think I'm still going to duck into the other room. <laughs> um, but it was still pretty amazing to see. And then, then you actually discover in the midst of this, there's an adults only room. Oh. And I was like, holy shit. Like <laughs> this, this other stuff is apparently for kids. So what on earth must the adult only yeah. room be? So of course I had to go in. Yeah, and that's when I realized like, okay, all the stuff that was just kind of vaguely disguised, it's just overt here. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just like fancy porn at that point. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Nothing, and but then Japan, a, nothing but Japanese tourists. In there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, and then across the street was a, uh, a Giger bar, which is a bar designed to look like the inside of like the alien spaceship, you know, that sounds no, kind of cool actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sadly we didn't have time to, to check it out, but we did think like, oh, let's just sit here and, and, uh, get a drink or something like that. And this is in um, Greer. It's in Gruyere, so I highly recommend the, the city itself is what might've been my favorite part of the country even without that. But that definitely was the, the icing okay. on the cake. So what did now for people who don't know, you have a, uh, I, would you call it super taste buds or lack of oh, taste? Boy. <laughs> you don't taste things. So why was it a cheese and chocolate tour? Was that wasted on you or could you sort of, okay. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm surprised when you take any color culinary tour. Well, it's, I'm married, you know, uh, I got, no. sometimes you got to do and something. And she had for to put other, up yeah. with the Giger Museum. <laughs> exactly. It's a give and take. Yeah. She's just like, this is deeply disturbing. It's like, yeah, yeah. well, so was that uh, cheese you had me eat. Um, <laughs> was that another, um, oh, so go, was the cheese good at least? It's got to be. Right? I, tr I mean, I'm not a big cheese person. Um, oh, I God, just, you're the uh, worst. You're the I, worst. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, you're preaching wine? to the choir Did you here. get any wine there? Any good I wine? had a couple of I'm not a big drinker anyway, but I had a couple I drinks of wine, yeah. Um, the chocolate? But, uh, Can you I did the have chocolate? the chocolate. It was good. top notch. All right. Did so. you buy a watch? Uh, no, because I'm not a millionaire. No, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then... Um, Oh, and then speaking of which, uh, going back to uh, New Zealand, I had heard all about these Tim Tams. Oh, and so, of the, course, yeah, I had the them while I were there. Uh, and since then, uh, they've started shipping them to the U.S. So you can get a Tim Tam at, uh, at Target. Were you, you hooked want. on them? Did you get Oh, yes. Did you like them? Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, they're a winner. And they're a winner. Yeah. It's, they're a little dangerous, yeah. actually. Um, but, uh, and then my... I. I Everywhere I go, if, if, I, if there's a listener there uh, or two, I try to have dinner with them or something like that. And um, so Jen and I went out to dinner in New Zealand with a listener and, and we talked about Tim Tams. He goes, he goes, oh my gosh, let me tell you about the, the, the Tim Tam straw. And I was like, what? Yeah. He, well, what you do is you just take like hot coffee and you dip, you bite off the tip of a Tim Tam like a cigar and then you, and then you suck, the, suck it through the, the Tim Tam. And I was like, I will have to keep that in mind. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, Switzerland, um, I will say of the places we've been to, Jen and I regularly talk about like what places would we most want to go back to. Switzerland is probably it. Now, granted, that would not be a casual trip. We would have to save for it because it's expensive. But um, that that place was kind of the, the best one for us. It's beautiful. Um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's pretty chill, uh, yeah. you know, for such Safe, an efficient I mean, people. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, you everyone, was, everyone was smoking. Did you notice that uh, when you were there, was everyone smoking? No, I didn't notice a lot of that, but um, hmm. I was in... Um, What's the, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, okay, name it, ta uh, town. Bern? Mm. Interlaken? No, the big cities. Geneva? Geneva. I was in there Geneva. 
And Geneva, I found to be just kind of. Yeah, we it, were it wasn't actually. The, it wasn't the most thrilling place to be. I think with Switzerland, it's, it's one of those things. You just got to get out into the small towns in the country, into the mountains. Yeah. It's, it's magical. Cities yeah. are just, just kind of cities. You know, they, yeah. they really are. They're not bad, but they're just, yeah. there's nothing. We did go for. see the Matterhorn. Oh, you did? That, okay. was, that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and it's weird because, of course, you can't be on the Matterhorn. You can only see it from afar. And so you're just like, yeah. There it is. Very impressive. <laughs> Doesn't look that different than Disneyland when you're yeah. this far away. But even um, like the, the train ride or a bus or whatever oh, sure. is, is amazing. You know, there's yeah. just like just staring out the window. It's a, it's a gorgeous ride. Yeah. And, and we, yeah, we didn't uh, rent a car in Switzerland. We took tr- the train everywhere. Yeah, you and, and I think I, I definitely preferred that because it allows you to just like look, casually look out and at the countryside and yeah. stuff. So, and there's many great. of them and they're always on time and, they're clean. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so um, what, was Scotland the same deal? Another wedding? Uh, no. So here's what we, so we uh, have some friends from, uh, uh, old friends from Chicago and they wanted to travel and we wanted to travel. So we worked this thing out that on each person's 40th birthday, we will go on a trip that that person essentially plans. So in 2017, we went to Asia. So uh, our friends, Scott and Tracy, uh, Tracy turned 41st. So we went to Asia she, for three weeks. She planned it all out. Where in it Asia? was, okay. We went to Japan, specifically Tokyo and Kyoto. Sure. And then we went to Seoul, South Korea. And then we went to Beijing with a little stopover at uh, the Great Wall. And then we went to Hong Kong and then back to Tokyo. Love all so, those places. I've never, you've been somewhere I haven't. I still oh, haven't been to Beijing. You're not missing much except yeah. for a lot of pollution. Right. Uh, I, I mean, did it hear was, that. the sky was yellow because it's, it's just fascinating. Like the worst day in LA does not even compare. Yeah. Uh, like Jen has uh, asthma. She got sick immediately. Um, like we even tried to wear masks and it's just still like, it was just a mess. Um, and the city itself is just kind of whatever. Uh, we we were only there for a few days because, you know, as a visitor, you're limited in the amount of time you can stay there. Um, and one day, and so one day we did go to the Great Wall and walked on the Great Wall and uh, admittedly, photos. <laughs> you got the photos. Yeah. And that was pretty amazing. Have you been to the Great Wall? No. How far out of town is the Great Wall? It was, we hired a, a driver and it was about a, like a 90 minute drive. Okay. Um, maybe two hours. I don't remember exactly, but, uh, but we got there fairly early and we were there for a while. And, uh, you know, I gotta say it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great wall. I'll tell you that right mm-hmm. now. Exactly. Um, and you know, when you're walking on it, uh, you're just like, okay, there are, in the, the various places I've been, there are only a handful where just to be there, you feel like you're part of something significant. Um, and that's one of them. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, like, uh, oh, this huh? thing that can be seen from space. Yeah, I'm I mean, here. It's, it's pretty amazing. It, yeah. it is a, just a human achievement. It's one of those things where you just got to. Yeah. So I got to see that. I really want to. I I still haven't been to uh, mainland China. I've been to Hong Kong and Taiwan <laughs> twice each, but I haven't been okay. to. Yeah, but those are easy. You don't need a visa and everything yeah. else. Hong Kong, I love. Did you like Hong Kong? I did. And it came at a time in the trip when I kind of needed it because yeah. Hong Kong is is pretty westernized. Well, I mean, the British ran it for 100 years. Yeah. You know? So it's like there's parts of it that look like London. I mean, there's a yeah. neighborhood called Soho, which mm-hmm. looks like you're in Soho in London. It's all pubs yeah. and, and you can get by with English. And stuff. Yeah, you can get by with yeah. English easy, pretty easy. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, Hong Kong was Hong Kong was nice. I really liked that. And then uh, we took a day trip to Macau, which was also fun. Um, but uh, Japan, I really loved. Yeah, I thought as a movie guy, you'd probably be uh, pretty yeah. into you know because I've been to Tokyo and Kyoto. And actually, as we record this, I was uh, so this is April tenth. Mm. I was supposed to leave Sunday, the twelfth, uh, in two days for Japan. So I'm this, sorry to hear this that. trip canceled, but I was going to, but I haven't been back. Uh, I've only been to Tokyo and Kyoto and loved them both, mm-hmm. but uh, 
did you check out any like movie sites? Any good like? Did you nerd out any Godzilla stuff? Any anything? Uh, we stayed at the hotel from Lost in Translation. Ah, ooh, that's that's a ritzy one, isn't it? The Park, uh, uh, the park? Par- uh, park Hyatt. Park Hyatt, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was a big credit card scam. Yeah. Um, where what? it wasn't a scam, but essentially, like we opened a very specific credit card that allowed us. Uh, two nights at the Park Hyatt, and then our friends did the same thing. So we got ah. uh, a certain number of nights, and so uh, it was that good. was pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and there was actually it was unfortunate because there was a day when because um, this was back. So I was I was in school at the time. I went back to school to UCLA to get my master's, and so I took a semester off because I wasn't going to miss three weeks of school. Um, but in do and even though I I informed them and I thought I filled out all the proper paperwork to get that time off. Um, uh, apparently not. And so I got an email like w- a couple of days into uh, Japan that like, oh, hey, uh, you, may, you actually may need to reapply completely for your final quarter. And so I was just like, oh, okay, I don't want to do that. Uh, yeah. And so while they were doing some excursion, I just stayed at the hotel and it was emailing and filling stuff oh, out and it was it was a mess thankfully it's an amazing hotel yeah um but uh did you go see sausalito up in the uh up in the, <laughs> that what? Was the name of the band oh <laughs> we spent i did spend a lot of time in that bar it's a much smaller bar than the film would have you uh yeah. believe. but i just um, remember the band saying hi we're sausalito we're here every night and i was like sausalito <laughs> perfect there was a one night there was a band playing and uh it's hard not to think in terms of of loss and translation but i actually had some of those when i saw the movie again i was like man i really had some of those moments because i really you were released with people you know i was by yeah. myself and uh, you know as as kind as the people are mm-hmm. you know they they don't really they, they stay amongst themselves they don't really yeah. come up to, nobody bothers you yeah. but you're alone and nobody talks to you you know yeah. so um i was just walking the city streets like that and just kind of found myself uh, surrounded but completely alone you know you're like an alien in a in a yeah. strange place uh that's definitely true um though i will say when you are married to a redhead People do. Oh. People do talk to you. Even they in Tokyo. Want the, they, uh, you know what? Actually, no. Uh, yeah, I mean they're there, used but, to seeing everything. You know. Yeah, but everywhere else, like people wanted photos with with Jen. Um, some oh, wanted yeah, photos yeah. with me, and I was like, I'm a fat American man with glasses. How is oh, yeah. this? You know, but it's I guess it's a novelty. In Vietnam, yeah, I got a I got mobbed in a park with you know some girl came up to me, wanted a photo with me, I was like, okay. And then once they saw I was cool with it all these people started coming out of the woodwork. This was in Hanoi. And I got photos around all these. <laughs> I was like, you just show them to your, to your friends. Like, Hey, this is my, uh, American pal. Is TBS, is my white guy is TBS big, uh, nope. in Vietnam, just a white guy. <laughs> and then, you know, it's, and if you're a blonde woman or like a redhead, boof, man. Oh, of course. Yeah. In India. I mean, it was just like, it was getting creepy. It's yeah. Like they're asking them to hold their baby. And that kind of thing. And it's just like, she's not a witch, you know, she's, <laughs> she's not magic. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, yeah. And then the, the, the last night we were in Japan, we were, uh, we were staying in a different part of uh, Tokyo and there were, and it, you know, there was a custom that I was, that I didn't know where I, I was out. Uh, Jen at this point was six. So I was getting medicine for her. And as I was walking back, it was the evening time. And there are guys that were saying like, Hey, do you want a girl? Uh, oh Yeah they meant not like like esc there's a name for it it's not escort but it, and it's not it's not a hooker either it's like someone to hang out with you at the bar oh, and just yeah. provide a beautiful girl next to you yeah host or something yeah. something like that yes and uh and so i was like and i didn't know that immediately i thought he literally <laughs> was like hey do you want to go have sex with this hooker right right um and uh and i was like wow they're pretty blatant about it over here that's interesting <laughs> um but uh, but yeah. So um, the amazing thing about Tokyo is, is something, and it's and you see it in a lot of the cities over there. But especially in Japan, it's just like there is this. It's a city of twenty million people, mm-hmm. but they they follow the rules, and it works, and it runs. You know, you stand yeah. on this side of the escalator. Yeah. You don't you know you smoke in this square, taped yeah. painted on the sidewalk. You put your cigarette butt in this thing, and they listen. You know, they do it. Yeah. And it's, it's just, 
if they didn't, I guess it would be chaos. So they've kind of figured out there's, you know, yeah. you save face, you. That's, you, that's the way to phrase it. Cause it is, it is a. Well, that's a, what they call sh- save, That's why you never get angry. Yeah. Like I blew up. Like I was, I had a bad, uh, I got to a hotel. I've been traveling all night. I think my room wasn't ready or something. Mm. And I started to get testy. And, you know, I learned later, it's, it just, it doesn't get you anywhere. Getting angry and yelling, yeah. it doesn't get you because you lose face. Yeah. And that's not cool. You know, you do, yeah. you have to keep your voice down. Yeah. But harmonious. I say, I, I say this, I, I say this without any judgment. Uh, it's, it's more just this, I'm repeating what I have heard based on people who've done research. It's, it is a shame-based culture. And so it's this idea, it's like, if you step out of line, either in throwing trash on the ground, because there are no trash cans around, you have to carry it with you. Um, whether it be that, or you get angry, like, there's, it's like everything is like this idea of saving face. Everything is so ingrained that people will look at you and that look is like, oh, you, you didn't do things right. And so like, you know what? You've dishonored your parents. You know, (laughs) they raised you wrong. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, it's like, well, I, I, that's probably not a great thing, but it sure did make for a clean country. (laughs) It did. (laughs) And it's safe. People are carrying their trash around with them. Did you get to see any (laughs) events like a sporting event or any kind of a, like, I went to a baseball game there. It was fun. I I think that would have been fun, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's, we, we did get to go because Jen and I are big Disneyland fans. We went to Disney Sea, which is wonderful. There are two Disneylands in, in uh, Japan. One is essentially just the, the Disneyland we know just transplanted. Yeah. And then there's Disney Sea, which is just a fascinating it's it's branded Disney, but it could be it could be just a, Disney, could be any letter, kind of theme park. Letter S- C or S E A. Okay. Because so it is right by the ocean. Oh, that's it? And so what is the big difference? Just the types of attractions they have. Like they have an entire essentially they have an entire uh, fake volcano and you can like walk into it and inside is a Jules Verne themed section of the park where you can uh you can ride on journey to the center of the earth and stuff like that and so uh there it seems to it it actually seems like a lot more rooted in the concept of discovery like if I were a kid I would love it I mean I loved it as an adult but if I was a kid I would I would really love it and like they have like an old like Spanish fort and you can just walk around in it and, and like uh, play in it. And so it's the kind of thing that because, I mean, Jules Verne, yes, I guess that's, that's a theme, but I can't imagine it being a theme that a lot of other people are like, oh, Jules Verne. I know. You know? Are, are, there, uh, are there different like Japanese characters or anything like for Disney or do they? I mean, they certainly play up different characters based on different movies, but at the same time, it's like they still, I mean, we went at this point it was into October. And so they were already doing some, uh, Christmas themed stuff. And so they had a Christmas themed show. So it's still Mickey and goofy and Donald and all that, but they're in, you know, kimonos and stuff, but also (laughs) Santa hats. It's, it's, you're right. There's no, like, who's the, um, spirited away. Oh, that's, that's studio Ghibli. That's uh, Miyazaki. And, uh, that one I did, I was interested in going on a tour of that, uh, of their studio, but those are, those sold out really fast. And so I was like, okay, well that's, that's unfortunate, but yeah, uh, you, they're like at the airport, there's like a studio Ghibli store, uh, and all of that. So, um, and I will say in, uh, Kyoto, I had the best steak I've ever had oh, in Mr. my life. Mr. No Taste. Uh, hey. Had a, had a <laughs> okay. All right. So wait It's a been a while. So, okay. so I should explain. Okay. First off, I hate the word super taster because it sounds fake. But the, <laughs> I wish they would come up with something more scientific, something that doesn't incorporate the word super. But anyway, um, and so essentially how it works is that, you know, how every kid is like really picky when they're, when they're young. And it's because their taste buds are very sensitive. Most people, their, the, the sensitivity dies down, which is why they suddenly find that they like more things. But for like 25% of the population, uh, is it that they, many? Yeah. Wow. Uh, they don't. And so like adults who can't deal with like spicy food or have a major problem with textures or something like that, there's a good chance that they're a super taster, but everybody is just classifying them as picky, but it is, 
It is scientific, even if it even if it has the least scientific sounding name. So this, is, this is why you only eat chicken fingers and mac and cheese, and gogurt cups or whatever. Um, I don't have gogurt because I don't care for the texture. Okay, see, there it is. So no, I can, like, I, I, it's very. I'm very meat and potatoes, and so yeah. like, but I can was appreciate Kobe a good beef? steak. Was this like oh, yes. Kobe? Okay. Oh yes. Good. And it was just like it was. Just, uh, just amazing. I mean, yeah. I can't like I'm, I'm. It makes me angry that <laughs> you that I can't have one right now. Yeah. Well, like, you I have three hundred dollars. I'm sure you could. <laughs> sure. That. Yes. Uh, yeah. And that's the. I think that's that's kind of the heartbreaking thing about travel for most people, for mere mortals, not like you, who's just like goes all over the globe all no, the time. Well, is that like you run across this thing that you adore in this other country, and then you're just like there's a good chance I'm never going to experience yeah. that again. Yeah. Is, um, but like you went to Japan, you're not a sushi guy, right? No. I'm so not. that's, it's hard. If you're not into seafood and stuff, uh, Japan can be tough. Japan was a bit tough. Yeah. Until that state came along and redeemed everything. Well, did you have, uh, in Seoul, did you go to, for barbecue, like oh, Korean barbecue? Of course. Isn't that amazing? Do you have it here? I mean, it's Koreatown here. It's I've incredible. had it here. Yeah, I've yeah. I've had it at Koreatown. Um, and nothing uh, subtle in Korean cooking. That's one of the things I like about it. Nothing subtle about it. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's like you like salt. Pow! Here's a billion of it. You like heat. Boom! Here's that. Yeah, it's, it's like we don't have like, time. Yeah, to there's dress no it up. like this is a white wine reduction <laughs> with a subtle. No, it's just like here. Here's your meat and here's yeah. a, a mountain of it or whatever it is. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it was. Uh, in Seoul, thankfully, we um, uh, there's a, a, a fellow podcaster and a, and a listener, someone that used to live here in Los Angeles, and he now lives there. And so he uh, he took us to a couple like these weird like back alley uh, barbecue places, uh, yeah, local, and it was that's good. Yeah, and boy, it was just. Mm, mm, just what delicious. did you think of Seoul? I liked it, not as clean as uh, as, as Tokyo, Tokyo yeah. but uh, but still still really good. I we liked that city quite a bit as well. Um, and I will say, I had a fun experience where, as as my friend was just kind of taking the four of us to just various places and just walking us around, there is this place that doesn't even really register as a bar, but officially it is a bar. And so we went in, and there was like nobody there. Uh, there was the staff, which was like the bartender and a wait person. And there were like these side rooms where people like, uh, you know, office workers would go after work to like unwind. And so, but the door would shut. And so they'd just be in there and they had karaoke. And so oh, it was sure. like, you know what, let's, let's sing some karaoke. So it's just the four of us singing karaoke up until I decided to sing The Gambler by Kenny Rogers, rest mm-hmm. in peace. At which point one of those rooms very enthusiastically emptied out and everybody gathered around me and danced along. I wasn't dancing, but they were dancing and singing as I was singing the gambler. And, uh, it was a surreal, but just a delightful experience because well, now, with the, now with your beard, they might've thought you were. Jenny Rogers. <laughs> That's true. Yes. And it's getting a little, it's getting whiter than it used yeah, to, but, yeah, uh, me too, brother. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> so they came out and they joined you. Yeah. And it was, it was, a. Uh, you know, there aren't, there haven't been very many experiences and I know that you, there are a lot of, you know, you eat whatever and I know you're a big <laughs> soccer fan. So like that you, you do things that connect you with other cultures. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. Even my last name's even Smith. I mean, it's the most yeah. boring, <laughs> I'm the most boring person. Um, but, uh, but in don't that sell moment, yourself short, come on now. No, I think I'm comfortable selling myself short. Um, But, uh, but in that moment, like, boy, did I not expect that the gambler is the move is the, the song that would connect people. And it was a real nice moment of connection with strangers who did not, I found out later, didn't really speak English, but they knew the song. Oh yeah. They know it was a nice moment. And what, what other songs that work in that aspect I found around the world, especially through Asia, Mm -hmm. uh, anything, any, Beatles, you know, sure. it was known. Um, oddly enough, if I hear Desperado by the Eagles <laughs> massacred one more time. So, and, and I don't know why that took off in Asia, but man, I hear Desperado. They will, 
you fire it up and somebody either will already be singing it or they'll join in with you. They all know it. Yeah. They all know it. And no one to hold them, no one to fold them. It's been, you know what? I heard that in Ireland hmm. on the radio, just driving around for a week. I heard it an odd enough amount of time. I mean, this is probably in early 2000s. And when that came out in like 77, 78. Ish, I yeah. I heard it almost, almost daily. In, the, in one of the national, uh, and they all knew it. And I'd go to the bar and somebody would put it on and people would sing along and just, man. Well, and what's fascinating is that the songs that you mentioned, like Desperado and, and The Gambler, like not only are those American songs, but they, they're dealing in like very, very uniquely American yeah. Western imagery. Hotel California you know? was another one. <laughs> yeah, you hear it oh, everywhere. Boy. And anything I, by ABBA will get a response, you know. Which, that just fascinates me. Like, I don't <laughs> dislike ABBA, but what is it about? Every once in a while, there's a band that just has this appeal, and you're like, I don't, again, I, I have nothing against the band, but right. I don't get it. Well, the hits are, I mean, they are like almost perfectly crafted three-minute pop songs sure. with hooks. So they're, um, they are incredible. They're so hooky and memorable that mm. they're kind of timeless in their way. They were their albums. There's a lot of dead weight on them. They were a singles <laughs> band for sure. The albums kind of suck, but okay. the uh, just get the greatest hits and that's all you'll ever need. But you will find that in every country, everyone. I mean, they all know Waterloo or, you know, dancing queen, dancing queen. Yeah. It's all going to. Yeah. Dancing Queen, just in general, in any culture, like the fact that that song has the legs that it has is really fascinating because it's <laughs> yeah. like, like that one feels pretty, pretty disco era to me. And there aren't oh, many is. songs that lasted uh, past that. Well, the disco, for all the, the, the rap, bad rap it got in the, uh, in the 80s and stuff, and mm -hmm. it has lasted because everybody likes a song you can sing along to and dance to. Yeah. So if there's a good hook in there, and the, a lot of them are just, they got good hooks you can sing with. Yeah, uh, I guess They are true. timeless. They are timeless. They'll last a lot longer than, you know, a lot of hip hop that nobody can sing yeah. along with um, and know the words. So yeah, we, we care about true. it. But, you know, your, your wife shoots weddings, and I can tell you what's on. Oh, it's I'm everybody sure, out yeah. on the dance floor. You know, yeah. multiple generations. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's like, oh, here comes a sweet child of mine. Yeah. I don't know why that one shows <laughs> up a lot. Um, yeah, the, the but, um, uh, like in Seoul, I liked about it. It's like, well, they drink a lot. You know, I mean, you'll see these businessmen stumbling into their cars at, uh, yeah. every day of the week at night because they're going out. Like in Japan, going out with their clients is part of your yeah. part of the gig. But they, uh, but at at the end of the night, everybody goes out for beer and fried chicken. I said, that's great. I love this place. <laughs> And you can do it yeah. here in Koreatown too. I mean, it's 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 a nice little slice of it here. Yeah, Jen is Jen is now a vegan. So oh. restaurants, restaurant between my ridiculousness and her being a vegan, like restaurants are you pretty guys, limited. No, they hate for to us. see you guys coming with that Kobe <laughs> beef. She couldn't enjoy. Well, she's at the time she was not, and boy, she she loved it. As, well, as vegetarian, yeah, yeah. Vegetarian's easy. Uh, vegan is hard. Yes, yeah. Uh, that's a harder one. But vegetarian, yeah. if you're going to do vegan, Asia is the place you could really mm -hmm. do it, you know, because especially like you know, the Buddhists and stuff, and certainly mm -hmm. vegetarian. Um, and they don't cook with a lot of dairy or uh, anyway. Right. So it's, um, that's one place you can get vegan, especially places like India and, yeah. and Thailand and stuff like that. You know, another, another, uh, I was, I was literally about to go into like a Vincent Vega. It's like, you know, one of the other differences that really gets me, um, it's just like, Royale uh, with cheese. Uh, well, what I was going to say is, uh, butter flavored Kit Kat or anything flavored Kit Kat. I don't know what it is about Kit Kats over there, but someone decided to start experimenting and never stop. <laughs> it's really fascinating. Prawn flavored. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. My big thing is go to any kind of convenience store and look at the different flavors of chips. Sure. Like potato chips. And I will get, yeah. like, you get the craziest flavors, like seaweed, uh, like I say, prawn flavored, any kind yeah. of curry, everything. I'll, I'll get the weirdest looking one and I'll just, I'll get a little bag. And yeah, I've collected quite an amass of, of chip flavors over the years. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I, I, when I say it's crazy, I don't mean literally like it's crazy and they should, it's just like, it's such a, it's, it's more about like the things that are the, the Western things that are latched onto and expounded upon in that case. Um, so, uh, yeah, my Asia trip was, I mean, certainly by the end of three weeks, like I was definitely ready to be home. Like we were (laughs) going from one country to another, to another. Yeah. You move around a lot for three weeks. Yeah. That can get more tiring. I mean, yeah. As I get older, I, I, I travel slower mm-hmm. and I do a lot less. I'll just take one place and just give me time in that one place and, you know, and go at your own pace, you know? And yeah. I mean, it's hard when you, I understand the urge if to want to see as much as you can, mm-hmm. but that can burn you out pretty quick. And it's a constant packing and unpacking, packing and moving and yeah. that, can, that can tire you out. A lot. And it sure, it sure did for me. Um, yeah. But then, uh, so then this past fall, we did go to Scotland uh, for two weeks and uh, that was a little bit more my speed. I was still- yeah. You're not I missing was, anything in the food department. So that's Yeah, no, I'll, I'm going to be okay. As a sober um, guy though, as a not a big drinker, that's tough. I, I mean, I, you know, uh, my friend Scott uh, is a big, uh, it was his choice, Scotland. He, his name's Scott, obviously. It just sure, goes without saying. Not? Um, my trip will be to Thailand. That's not true at no, all. True. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And so he went to a lot of whiskey bars and I would go with him and occasionally I'd have a sip and I'm like, Oh, I see the appeal. Um, but I would just opt not to continue. Um, I'm a whiskey guy I've tried and I just, hmm. it's wasted on me. It's- I mean, it definitely, it's not a thing that I think I could do very often. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly again, like two sips is not the same as even having a full thing. No. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and that Scotland had a lot of places where just like you're sitting in a bar that's like hundreds of years, years old. old. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, all right, this is pretty neat. Yeah. Admittedly, not the most comfortable, but the principle of the thing is, sure. is there. Did um, you, what, then, where in Scotland did you go? We went to, we went to Glasgow and Edinburgh and Isle of Skye and, you know, did a, a fair amount of hiking, which, uh, I'm sure you can imagine, I don't care for. Um, <laughs> I know it seems like I'm a big hiker, but I. Yeah, I yeah. Well, I I'm hope not. this was summer at least. Uh, it was September. Okay, so, so so the Fringe Festival was over in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was a little, it was a little drizzly, but it was mostly okay. Um, yeah. You know, um, and the and people were extremely friendly. Um, and Did just you understand like, them. There are a couple where I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, Glasgow is especially tough. Like even other yeah. Scots can't understand people from Glasgow. It's it's it's, it's really uh, it's a it's hard accent. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, of all the English speaking accents, that one is, is I think is the toughest. I mean, there there are some where it just sounded, of course, delightful and all of that, and very quaint. I hate to sound, I hate to say that, but like, and then there are some where it's like this it's man's harsh. going to hit me. Yeah, it's guttural. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I really, I really liked it. I wish I could point to any like one or two things that we did along with Lord of the Rings. I am a Harry Potter fan. And so, uh-huh. uh, we did go to a couple of very notable locations. Um, where's that? And, uh, where did they shoot it? Well, uh, it's, I mean, a lot of it's on the soundstage, but then it's like anytime they're out. Um, so like the Hogwarts Express goes over that bridge, the name of which I've already forgotten. In but, Glasgow or Edinburgh? Uh, it's in between places. Oh, okay. Um, and it's this this giant stone bridge, and, uh, like, the train goes over it same time every day. And so if you go, you can take a photo and, and all of that. So, uh, and then we found, and then we researched, like, where is Dumbledore's grave and stuff like that. No. And so, so some of these were like in the middle of nowhere. And then some of them it's like, Oh, here are the university of Scotland, like in this particular area doubled for Hogwarts or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so that was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, just in general, like rather than, rather than point to any one or two things that I, that, that I liked, it's more just the general vibe of it. Uh, I think of Scotland kind of as one big thing, um, which, uh, which I did, I did enjoy. Um, what was, what was the Isle of Skye like? I never went there. I mean, it's, it's a lot of hiking, um, yeah. but also it's fairly remote and very, um, very, 
relaxing and it definitely it definitely feels lonely but in a good way if that makes sense <laughs> um you you definitely feel cut off from the rest of the world like you know the the house we were staying in like it was an airbnb and the the next house over was maybe i don't know a quarter of a mile away um stuff like that so uh that was that was kind of neat and uh yeah just uh, i i liked i liked that trip quite a bit um we were supposed to go to ireland in oh. june but that got canceled bummer um, you'd like it I think I would. I do. I mean, this is going to sound really mean, but part of me is like, well, I just went to like, we were going to be going with my in-laws. So like the, the trip was not necessarily my idea. Um, but it was like, well, we just went to Scotland. I have to assume as far as like visually, they're pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, Scotland has more mountains and things mm-hmm. the farther north you go. And, and um, yeah. you know, Indiana, uh, Ireland's about the size of Indiana. You know, you could, you mm-hmm. could, you could do a lap around it pretty quick. It's very doable in a week or 10 days. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's a lot to see and it's really easy to get along and, you know, and your, your parents will love it. Um, yeah. It's great. You know, so, but I mean, in terms of Scotland, yeah, it is kind of similar and same yeah. weather. It's, it's going to be shit weather, no matter, you're <laughs> yeah, going to get rained yeah. on at some point, but. Um, uh, so but the next. Good. Accent oh. is much better though. I like some the Irish, Irish accents Irish that are accent, a little, yeah. but it's the pleasant. It's very sing-songy and very that's kind true. of light and just yeah. it's not crap, you yeah, know, like a, in Scotland. That's true. So does Edinburgh have even like a any kind of train spotting tour or anything like that? Or any kind oh, of, I'm I'm like, sure it probably does. Okay. Um, we we did like a, a Rick Steves like audio tour of yeah. of Edinburgh, and, the worst and toilet kind of, in in yeah, Scotland, <laughs> exactly. whatever it was. Um, and there's and there's a uh, a little street uh, in in Edinburgh that was sort of the inspiration for uh, uh, Diagon Alley and Harry Potter and all that. And we went to <laughs> yeah. Edinburgh Castle and um, got to pet a, a Highland cow or whatever, um, <laughs> which was fun. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a good trip. I enjoyed it, and you know I don't know when our next trip is going to be because uh, now like. I know what our intentions are, but at the moment we're in the middle of an adoption, which is very expensive. Oh, wow. Um, well, so, congratulations. Thank you very much. It's a long process and we're not there yet, but no, it's, right. right now we're just spending the money. Okay, good. And everybody's <laughs> making money right now. Exactly. Um, well, we should get into your, uh, the movie you shot sure. and what that's about and tell the people <laughs> the name of the movie and uh, what it's about and did you travel for the, the movie? I appreciate, uh, I appreciate it's like, well, I guess we should get into this. No, I mean, that. you know, um, you got something you did, which is I, always good. That's true. Yes. Um, yeah. So I made a, a movie. It's a documentary. Um, it's called Real Redemption, The Rise of Christian Cinema. And it's done in sort of a video essay style. So I really didn't have to travel for it. <laughs> I like, I stayed at home, wrote stuff, recorded stuff edited stuff, the end. Um, That's nice. Uh, it was nice. Um, but and of course, I, I wasn't the only... wonderful voiceover. I there, know. There. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm, mine isn't the only voice that you hear. Yes, you also hear uh, our friend Mike Siegel here yeah. um, deliver some just some cutting-edge uh, VO. Because if you but, think um, Christian uh, you know, film, you think Mike Siegel, no matter abso- what. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Christian anything, really. <laughs> It's, Ask for look, the name just, Siegel. Ask for the Jewish name Siegel when you need Christian voiceover. But it's um, uh, it's about basically so the symbolism in movies, or it's it's essentially about the history of the the American church's relationship to Hollywood. Okay. Um, and there and sort of it's so the first forty minutes of it are kind of a history lesson. Um, and then it moves into like after a certain point the the church felt like okay well hollywood doesn't have anything for us so we're going to have to start making movies for ourselves and so the last 40 minutes kind of chart sort of chart uh the positives and many many negatives of christian film uh in the last 20 years and you know it it, it came about because when i was in school one thing that cuz you know it's like oh i'm i'm into i'm majoring in uh, cinema and media studies. And 
the the first day uh, they were asking, they were answering questions, and my question was, "Is there anything that hasn't been covered at this point?" Because like at this point, it was tw- it was twenty sixteen. It's like I, I get the feeling that maybe most things have been covered. What am I gonna what What am I gonna bring to this? And then a, an instructor told me later, it's like the one thing at the moment that academia and film criticism is not touching is Christian film. And mostly it's because it's bad, uh, which is fine. Um, you mean I cinematically also, bad? Yes, yes. Like as, as a film in general, like plot-wise, yes. production-wise? All of the above. I, okay, yeah. Yeah. The, but very they, successful they, though. Yeah, uh, because, you know, you never... No other options, I guess. Never lost any money pandering. Yeah, um, true. And they're in lay the... And, they're, and that's the other thing is they're getting better. You know, they're getting better actors. They're at least embracing some level of nuance. They're not necessarily just uh, telling the audience that it's right all the time. So um, so they're getting better. But uh, But at the very least, I thought like, okay, well, I'm going to examine Christian film as its own genre, sort of like, as opposed to just like, oh, they're essentially just like religious dramas. Like, no, let's look at it this way. Let's look at it as like a Western or a film noir or a science fiction. And what, and looking at it that way, it's like, oh yeah, the stories are all kind of the same. The characters are all the same, but even the visuals are the same. And they all kind of do the same thing from one to the next. And on one hand, people would say, it's like, well, yeah, that's because they're out of ideas. It's like, well, if you look at it that way, Westerns are out of ideas. Like, Cowboy hats, really? No one says that yeah. when they watch a Western. And so I'm trying to I'm trying to approach Christian film as like it's an emerging genre. And so on one hand, let's see where it goes. Uh, and on the other hand, it is still someone trying to express themselves creatively, and in my opinion, very ineffectively. <laughs> but uh, but if someone's trying to do that, then I feel like there is some level of obligation to at least give it its day right. in court. And so that's what I do there. Um, and I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, obviously, the peak is uh, your voice work yeah. um, of of the film, but uh, still but waiting yeah. on that check. By the way, uh, what I'm I gonna, paid, I paid you. I'm kidding you. Okay. I'm kidding you. Hey. I mean, the, I mean the percentage of the profits. That's oh. what I'm. I have points no on this, right? You got, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, can oh, people we're, see we're it? all going to make a fortune. Yeah. Um, is it yeah, streaming or something? Yeah, it's on a. There's a streaming service called Faith Life TV. Uh, they gave me the. They they paid me to to make it, and uh, it's a lesser known streaming service. And so, like, if your listeners are not super keen on giving a, a Christian streaming service money, here's what I'll say: <laughs> you get two weeks free. Oh. So if you wanted to subscribe, get your two weeks free, watch my movie, give it a five-star rating, and then unsubscribe, look, that's up to you. Look, not that we're recommending you do that. <laughs> right. That's no, not- it's, I, I, I like Faith Life. They've treated me extremely well, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be pitching another, uh, another film to them that I don't think they're going to go for, but that's all right. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Uh, I definitely, when I watch it back, as I'm sure if you ever watched like one of your early bits, you're just oh, like, oh horrendous. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely see my own limitations because I'm not a filmmaker. Uh, I'm not an editor. Um, and, uh, but within that, I'm fairly happy with it. And it's been getting some good reviews. And it was uh, at the International Christian Film Festival. I was nominated for director, which is fun. Hey, um, congratulations. Where thank was that? You. Oh, it was going to be in May oh, right. uh, in Orlando, but that's not going to happen, which is a, that is a bummer. Cause I really, cause they were going to play it for people there. And I liked the idea of a crowd of people seeing it on the big screen um, and then doing a Q and a afterwards. I usually hate Q and a's, but in that one, I'd be in that instance, I'd be uh, curious to do it. So, you know, we all had plans until we did, everybody didn't did. do them. Yeah. yeah, everybody did. You know, but, uh, friends in the um, convention business, Oh, sure. They're gone. I mean, uh, he said basically this year's shot. Um, yeah. Everything's been pushed to next year. Yeah. Um, but he's out. You know, he did audio. He does audio visual for these uh, conventions yeah. and things and and uh, hotels. And I don't know how, uh, you know, we're all going to come out of this. Even things like Disney. I oh, mean, my. They, yeah. You know, your Orlando trip got canceled. How many other people canceled their Orlando trips for? Yeah. My, they, my brother, did they completely shut down the resort? I think they did, right? Yeah. Yeah. My brother and his family uh, came out here 
in March. Um, and as they were on their way, they were going to go to Disneyland like three days in a row. Mm. As they were on their way, gets yeah. shut down. So it's like, all right, I guess we'll just hang out nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> in Tyler's uh, house. Yeah, we wound up uh, walking around in the uh, Hollywood Forever, Forever Cemetery. Oh. So... Yeah. Which was actually quite peaceful, but yeah, I don't know. Is. I don't know if my uh, teenage nephew found it very interesting. Oh, he didn't want to see uh, Marilyn Monroe and uh, Johnny Ramones. Uh, yeah, gravestones. You know what? Uh, Anton Yelchin is buried there, and there's like a statue of him. Oh, really? And, I haven't been there yeah. in years. Yeah, and it's and it's uh, quite uh, it's quite touching. Like we went there, and there. I think his birthday had just passed, so like a lot of people like there are flowers and, and people had like drawn pictures of him and, and all of that. So, um, his story is very sad to me. That was just a bizarre way to go. Uh, yeah. Like he was like pinned between a car that rolled against him and a, and a gate. And like or his a brick front wall gate. Yeah. Oh. Because the car like has a, this, this had happened with that model of car. Like the, the way the, the gear shift was, it wasn't always a hundred percent clear when it was in park as opposed oh. to like neutral or, or whatever it is. And so, yeah, he thought he put it in park, walked down to the front gate to like check the mail and the car like rolled down and pinned him. And so like, that's a, it is a bizarre way to go and a, probably a very unpleasant way to go. Awful. And if so, you wrote that in a movie though, you'd be like, ah, come on. That exactly. Happen. Yeah. And, and oh. the idea that it happens, that it happened to a public figure, I think is something yeah. that is, that's so strange to me. But uh, anyway, uh, but enough of that sadness. Yeah. Uh, it's time to get happy as you watch uh, Real Redemption, The Rise of Christian That's Cinema right. on Faith Life TV. Listen, if you, and get listeners, uplifted. If you, yeah, if you enjoyed this voice and Mike's voice, oh boy, you're yeah, going to oh love boy. this movie. I have to plug my special. You know, speaking of, uh, I guess, more Christian yeah. programming, you know, I did my dry bar comedy special. Yeah. And it's a good special. I've I, I watched it and I I donated for the low low price of a dollar. Everyone, yeah, it could be yours. But uh, yeah, go to thedrybarcomedy.com and I guess slash Mike Siegel. I think it is. But um, plug the uh, the podcast and where people can find all that. Yeah, uh, battleshippretension.com is our movie related podcast. We've been doing it since two thousand seven. Mike has been a guest on it several times. Thank you. And um, yeah, uh, we. We're doing our best. There aren't a lot of new movies to review. Yeah. <laughs> so we can go battle per, battleshippretension.com mm-hmm. and same on Twitter. And uh, yeah, at, oh shoot, I don't even remember. You can fi- find me at Tyler Pretension. Okay. So great. Uh, yeah. And then you can find once again, my movie at uh, faithlifetv.com. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. Thank you. And this I is, appreciate this is a lot of you. Fun. Uh, yeah taking time off from uh, being in the living room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Commuting all the way to the bedroom or the studio. <laughs> yeah, and uh, appreciate it. Hopefully we'll all get to travel soon, but I'm glad you got out to a few places before all this happened. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, good talking to you. Tyler Smith, everyone. <laughs>